The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is top marketing expert and author, Sally Hogshead. Go to howtofascinate.com forward slash you to find out more. Sally, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Joey. I'm excited to be able to be here today. I want to create the most fascinating show you have ever had. That's my goal. Will you join me in that? I will. Yes, I'm ready to do this. It's going to be great. So my first question is, um, you're very famous for your last book, Fascinate. That was the book that you wrote a couple of years ago. How would you define fascination? Fascination is an intense focus. And when you're fascinated by somebody, you're only paying attention to that person and what they're saying. You're not distracted. You're not confused. You're only focused on them. You're not thinking about your iPhone. You're not thinking about what you're going to feed your kids for dinner. You're just thinking about that person. And what I discovered in my research is that there's a science behind how you are most likely to fascinate other people, that your personality has certain traits, whether you realize it or not. There are certain advantages that you have that make you uniquely suited to fascinate to influence the person that you're talking to, as long as you know what those advantages are and you apply them in your communication, whether that communication is a conversation or an email or online marketing or an ad campaign. Actually, I just want to read out the full title of your last book. It's Fascinate, Your Seven Triggers to Persuasion and Captivation. Uh, What was the big idea behind this book? Originally, when I did this research for for the book Fascinate, I was looking at brands and I found that brands have uh, specific patterns of how they're most likely to attract new customers and engage engage their consumers. And I began this research by looking back at what had been the most successful brands. And I went even further. I looked at what had been the most successful political speeches, what had been the most successful pieces of music. And I found that if you go back through time and you look all the way back to the ancient Romans, the word fascination is one of the earliest words in written language. The Latin word for fascination is fascinare. And get get this, Joey, it means to bewitch or hold captive so that someone is powerless to resist. And I thought, that is so hot. How do I, how do I fascinate people? And I began looking at biological anthropology and, and, and politics and religion. And I, I saw that this, this concept of fascination goes all the way through the Renaissance. Sigmund Freud talks about fascination as, um, being, being in the power of somebody else. But then when we begin talking about marketing in the 20th century, when we look back historically, people stop talking about fascination and they start talking about marketing. So I brought the, the concept of fascination that there's this neurological uh, uh, state of intense concentration in which you're totally focused. I brought that into the concept of marketing and I found that there are seven different categories of messages. And initially I was studying brands and how companies um, can use this in their, in their advertising and their marketing. But about 2010, I had a huge breakthrough, which was that human beings, that we as people use this same these same seven categories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where, that's what brings us to the new book, How the World Sees You. So in your new book, 
How the World Sees You, Discover Your Highest Value Through the Science of Fascination. In this book, you outline seven ways that we can add value and successfully communicate. You call these fascination advantages. What are those seven advantages? There are seven different ways to communicate that add value to other people. The passion advantage is in uh, through relationship, adding value through relationship. The alert advantage is adding value through details. Innovation is about creativity and giving people different solutions. Prestige is about higher standards and excellence. Um, power is about authority and command and confidence. And mystique is the language of listening. It's about adding value through observation. Uh, that Your personality naturally uses two of these seven every time you communicate. Your primary advantage is the way in which you're naturally suited to communicate and impress and influence the person on the other side of the table. My primary advantage is passion. That means the way that I communicate at my highest and best, most effortlessly, is through relationship. I like to use adjectives. I use body language. If you can see me right now, you know, I'm like by myself in my office and I'm gesticulating like we're together <laughs> having an Italian meal. And... Uh, and so for me, that's what feels natural. And when I can communicate that way, I feel in the flow and I feel, I feel focused and I'm not self-conscious and I'm not insecure. Um, my, the secondary advantage is the one that, that helps you support your primary. Your secondary advantage is the other language that you speak. My secondary advantage is innovation, the language of creativity. So together, when I'm, when I can communicate in a way that builds relationships through creativity, I am going to be most effective. I'm going to be most confident. I'm going to be in the flow. And for me, that's going to feel like a wellspring. It's going to be authentic and easy for me to, to, um, to add value to somebody else, a client, a friend, a coworker, um, my community. On the other hand, there are other ways in which I am not well suited to communicate that I'll have a disadvantage. One example is, um, um, I do not speak the language of trust. I, I, I don't like stability. The trust advantage is all about being, doing things consistently according to a system. Um, mm -hmm. being, being very, very dependable, following a pattern, doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not good at replicating. I'm very good at innovating. So I need to know that when there's a situation in which somebody wants a spreadsheet, in which every cell of that Excel document is filled in perfectly, that I will have a competitive disadvantage in situations like that because I don't score high on the trust advantage. I don't score high on details. In the same way, I, I need to hire people who do have a high use of trust and alert because when people who, who are very, very good at, at the trust and alert advantages are great with spreadsheets. They love being able to get into the minutia, the nitty gritty. They want to be able to figure out complicated problems and get data lined up perfectly. I'm not good at that. It's exhausting. It feels like quicksand to me. For them, they love that. That's Wellspring. And that's how we build great teams is by understanding very clearly how we are naturally suited to add value and those areas where we have a clear disadvantage so that we can avoid those areas, or at least understand that that's not where we should be putting our attention. So would you say that where we're more weak, that we should try to improve in those areas, or would we just focus on the strengths? That, that's an awesome question. Now, there, there, this is a big difference between my book and a lot of other books out there. There, there are a lot of assessments, a lot of books, like um, for assessments, let's say Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinder, DISC, Colby, there are so many assessments. And those assessments are great because they tell you how you see the world. 
But there's a different point of view that's not based on how you see the world. I think it's much more important today to know how the world sees you. How do people see you at your best? What do they value in you? And when you stop looking at how you see the world and you start looking at how the world sees you, it opens up this this possibility for you to understand what people actually want from you so that you can deliver that every time. You can just do more of what you're already doing right if we look at great brands and what brands do in their marketing, uh, uh, say, let's take Nike. My first, the first client I ever worked on was Nike. And um, what's Nike's tagline? Uh, just do it. Exactly. So just do it. So um, Nike knows that they're going to be most successful with people who want to just do it. People who have that attitude, not just in their running shoes, but in their sport, in their life that take that on as a mantra, a rallying cry. Nike is not going to be as successful with companies, with, with, with consumers that don't like the idea of just do it. Um, Nike would never run a television commercial trying to be all things to all people. The whole mm-hmm. point of just do it is that it's very clearly putting a stake in the ground for what the company stands for. In the same way, we need a tagline. You need a tagline for your personality. I need a tagline for my personality. But until now, there's never been a way to be able to differentiate what you're extraordinary at and what you're merely adequate at. I believe that you, you you shouldn't try to be all things to all people. You do need to be extraordinary at one thing. And when you look at high performers, high performers specialize their personality in one area. And that's why I created the Anthem exercise that is in part three of the new book. The Anthem is a, a, a Based on my decade of experience writing headlines and taglines for the world's top brands like uh, uh, Target, Coca-Cola, Harry Winston, Godiva, um, helping them find the words to describe themselves. And in the new book, I describe exactly how people we can describe ourselves using the exact words that our customer or, or client or coworker is most likely to respond to. Okay, so let's explore that a little bit further, Sally. Is there a formula of how we can create our own tagline for our personality? Well, as a matter of fact, there is. Can we, can we do yours, Joey? Yeah. Can, can we write a tagline for you? Okay, sure. when, when you took the Fascination Advantage Assessment, we gave you a free code. It's normally $37, but you got it, you got it for free, and in a minute we can, we can tell everybody how they can do it as a gift from you in, in just a moment. When you did the assessment, you had, you scored as a trendsetter. That means you have primary innovation. Remember, I have secondary innovation, so we're very similar in that way. You're, mm-hmm. So the number one way that you're most likely to communicate is by being creative and helping people see new possibilities that they wouldn't see for themselves. Your secondary advantage is prestige, and that's about higher standards. When you put creativity together with higher standards, it means that you create change that helps people get to the next level. You help them improve. And, the, and that archetype is named the trendsetter. The three, there are three adjectives that describe how the world sees you at your best. And those three adjectives are cutting edge, elite, and progressive. Cutting edge, elite, and progressive. And what, so um, do you, uh, when you look at those three adjectives, the three mm-hmm. adjectives that the report gave to you to describe who you are at your best, which one jumps out to you is that as best describing how you are different. And those three adjectives, again, are cutting edge, elite, and progressive. Um, I would possibly say progressive. Okay, so let's put progressive over in a parking lot for just a minute because I want to I wanna give you three more adjectives that you could potentially choose from. Every archetype has a twin. 
The mm-hmm. twin is the archetype that scores closest to yours. So it's kind of like getting a look at yourself in a mirror from a different angle. Okay. Your twin is named the avant-garde. The avant-garde is the exact same two advantages that, that you have but just in reverse order. So instead of being innovation primary, prestige secondary, it's prestige primary, innovation secondary. And the avant-garde, you could also choose adjectives from the avant-garde, and I'll I'll read you those adjectives. Original, enterprising, and forward-thinking. So is there is there an adjective among those three that sticks out at you? Original. That, remember, what we're doing is we're describing when you communicate at mm-hmm. your at your best. How are you different? How do you communicate differently than other people in your field, other people in your company, other people in your industry? Original, enterprising, forward thinking. Hmm. I think forward thinking. I agree. I agree. I think that that's a great adjective for you. Which one do you like better, progressive or forward thinking? Forward thinking. Me too. I like that one for you better as well. For somebody else, progressive might be a perfect fit. But uh, so we looked at six adjectives to describe Joey that that are based on his the results from his assessment that he got first from his archetype. Those three adjectives are cutting edge, elite, progressive, and then the 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 next three that he got from his twin are original, enterprising, and forward thinking. And we picked forward thinking. So let's take forward thinking and and put it aside for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, When when you when you go into a meeting. Say you're going to have a big make it or break it meeting. You're going to win or lose. Maybe this is a pitch. Maybe it's an interview. Maybe it's a situation where you really want to convince somebody of your message. The number one way that you're going to be able to do that is through being forward thinking. In fact, forward thinking doesn't just describe who you are in the off hours. It describes who you are at, at, at your best that differentiates you from everybody else. There are a lot of different people out there in, in, in the space that do things that are similar to you, but they're not as forward thinking as you are. So before you go into a meeting, you might say to yourself, okay, in order for me to deliver maximum value to this listener, I have to be forward thinking. If nothing else, I must be forward thinking in how I communicate with them. So for example, before you go into the meeting, you might say, what are, what are three trends that are going on in, in their category that I could identify right now? So I could show them some forward thinking ideas. Next, you might say, what are some ways that they could do things differently, improving what they're doing, um, to, to, to tweak things so that they could get a slightly better result? In that way, you'd be communicating in a way that's forward thinking. Mm-hmm. If you leave that meeting without that person getting some forward thinkingness from you, you will have not reached your highest value. In fact, you will have undersold yourself. So it's crucial for you to set yourself up for success by being forward thinking in everything you do, every email you send, every meeting you lead, every conversation you have with a friend who's brokenhearted over a lost love that you need to be able to bring forward thinkingness to them. But now I'm going to go to the next step of our anthem. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Can you give me an example when you've had a breakthrough in your career, in your life, in which you were forward thinking that that was the way you leveraged your communication? It could be that you sent out an email that had an extraordinary open rate, or it could be that mm-hmm. you, you, had a, you had a personal epiphany. Well, I guess a lot of what I do is forward thinking. Um, a lot of, I'm always thinking of new ways to do marketing, to get a competitive edge. And that often requires forward thinking in the sense of, of innovation. You know, what's new? What new technologies can we use? Um, so I can't think of a specific moment right now off the top of my head, but I think generally that is a theme and pattern throughout my career. 
Well, let, let, let's let's go on to the next step of building the anthem. So you're starting to get you're starting to get a flavor for this, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're on the scent. Um, if you, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some examples of nouns. The noun is gonna be the second part of your anthem. The first part of your anthem is the adjective. That's how you're different. The noun is gonna be what you do best. And this, and the noun will describe what you're doing when you're performing at your highest level. So I'm going to give you three different examples of nouns. I'm, I'm choosing these from the book. Um, the first example is accuracy. The second example is insights. And the third example is relationships. Which one of those three feels like it's what you do when you're doing what you do at your best? Accuracy, insights, or relationships. Mm, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm a bit split between insights and relationships. Let's talk about those for a minute. Sure. In what way do you deliver value through insights? I'm a consultant, so I help people see what they didn't see or maybe perhaps didn't know about. So that's something that leads to breakthroughs for my clients. I help them by being insightful and pointing out something in their business that they didn't see or realize. So. Um, I'm leaning towards that one now, actually, now that I've had a little bit of time to think. Um, but the other one, relationships. But I'd like to think that at, at least with those um, close to me, those who know me, I do have good, uh, strong relationships and strong relationships with my clients as well. Um, but like I said, now that I've had a little bit more time to, to process your question, Sally, I think that insights is, is possibly more me. I would agree, because if we put the word forward thinking, that, that adjective that we got from, from our previous step, and we put it with the word insights, it gives us forward thinking insights, which is a very, very compelling promise. Would, how does that feel for you? When, when, if somebody came to you and they said, Joey, I really need some forward thinking insights. Can you help me? What would that, what would that feel like for you? It would feel good. It certainly wouldn't be something that I feel like, oh, I, you know, oh, I couldn't help you with that. Um, that is what I do for a living in a way. You know, I'm just setting it in a different way. So I've not thought of it that way before. Um, but I guess in a way you could say that is what I do already. So, yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And when you're doing it, it probably feels really energizing that you can feel focused and confident and in the flow that mm-hmm. when you're delivering forward thinking insights, from what I know about you, I would say you probably feel like you're doing what you do best. Do you agree? Yeah, agreed. And I would say that forward thinking insights is not just what you do. It's actually who you are. When you, when you write an anthem, the purpose of the anthem is to not just put it on your business card or your LinkedIn profile, although you can certainly do that, but rather to have a rallying cry like Nike's Just Do It that gives you a way to steer all of your communication. So now you have a roadmap. That imagine you take the words forward thinking insights and you put that over your computer and you're writing an email to your list or you're writing a pitch to a customer or you're writing a web page. The way that you are going to deliver most value in that in that piece of communication is through forward thinking insights. So it gives you a really clear filter for knowing what to include and what not to include. You can look at what you've written and say, I've just written an email to a client. Um, are there forward thinking insights in this email? And if not, you're not done writing that email because you have to put things, you have to go through that filter. Whereas if you, um, if you are, if, if you're, if your anthem, if you and I had written the anthem and you came up with tireless work ethic or analytical problem solving or precise accuracy, you would have a completely different filter for understanding where you should be focusing your communication. Is that starting to make sense? 
Yeah, makes perfect sense. So the goal here is for every single person who's listening to be able to have a roadmap that tells them exactly where to go. That they that you, we've all had that feeling of sit, sitting down to writing writing our Twitter bio or writing the about page on our website, and we struggle. You know, you type, you delete, you type, you delete. You don't really know how to describe yourself, and it's really it's intimidating. Yeah. But if you have the words to describe yourself and what you do what you do and who you are at your best to be able to give people a snapshot. You make it really easy for them to understand why they should work with you. And they're far more likely to want to hire you and promote you and buy from you and befriend you and trust you and like you and fall in love with you because you've just made it really easy for them to understand why they should say yes. So now when you go out and you do marketing and you tell people, I, at my highest value, I deliver forward-thinking insights, then the people who need forward-thinking insights can say, yes, pick me. I want that. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is very clear that they don't want forward-thinking insights, they want um, precise stability, they probably shouldn't work with you. And you know what? That's that's probably a really good idea because you Mm -hmm. wouldn't win in that situation anyway. Brilliant. Do you think that would attract people that are similar, Sally, or would it attract people who are maybe opposite to me? You know, I would fulfill a gap that they didn't have in themselves or were, you know, less strong in, in themselves. So how do people tend to pair up when it comes to client relationships? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great point. Your client, you, when you, when you have an anthem to describe exactly how you add value to give people that, um, that, that sound bite about mm-hmm. yourself, you make it very easy to filter which clients are most likely to hire you, but they're not necessarily the ones who are most like you. And I'll give you an example. I'm a professional speaker and I, um, when I used to think that I would not be a good fit for, um, for very commoditized business people, businesses in which um, people have to compete on the basis of price. Like for example, financial advisors, um, mortgage insurance salesmen. I would think I used to say to myself, um, something incorrect. I would say, well, they don't need fascinating communication. My anthem is fascinating communication at my highest value. What I deliver is fascinating communication. And when I'm doing that, it feels effortless for me. I'm, I'm in my wellspring. Um, so I, di- I purposely didn't go after that market. But what I've since realized is actually the opposite. Those people, a financial advisor needs fascinating communication more than anyone because they're selling a commodity product. They're competing on the basis of price. And if they can understand, if they can learn even just a, um, a, a little bit of differentiation, if they can bring some unique value through their personality to the transaction, they're no longer selling a parity. They can charge more. They get more clients. And so now we have rabid fans in that community and we've we've measured and worked with over 40,000 financial advisors at the very highest level of the industry specifically because they respond so strongly to this. So your goal is not to attract people like you. You don't want to replicate yourself. Your goal is people whose need is a perfect fit for what you naturally provide. Imagine saying it to yourself like this. I am the perfect solution to their problem. Because I provide, and then fill in the blank on your anthem. Your anthem is forward-thinking insights. You're the perfect solution to somebody's problem because you deliver forward-thinking insights. Mm-hmm. Now, I've just made it really easy for you to figure out who to go after as a prospect. Does this apply to team members as well? Should I be trying to surround myself with people that can help me where I'm less strong? A great question. Um, you 
most people make the mistake of pairing up or hiring people who are like them. And mm-hmm. so they, so they have these teams that are uh, lopsided. If mm-hmm. I have a primary passion personality, when I work with another passion personality, we have a great time. Oh my God, I love that. Yay. <laughs> but we never actually get anything done yep. because passion personalities are not detail oriented. If for that, we need to go to alert trust or mystique alert trust and mystique personalities are great with details they tend to be very focused super on the ball uh great implementers able to really bring things into reality so i should not work with somebody who has a primary passion if i want to actually implement for that i should find somebody who has alert trust or mystique and that's how people use the assessment the fascination advantage assessment as a hiring tool imagine if you could measure what how how not only what somebody's strengths are but you can measure their differences mm-hmm. that when people have used this as a hiring tool we've um we we have gotten case studies in which um the the, the hiring process becomes far less expensive because you can focus in on those people that you most want to interview and retention goes up in one case we had a client whose sales doubled as a result of getting the right people in the right seats brilliant Sally, where can we go and do this ourselves? You've mentioned that it's usually $37 to take this test, but for a short time during the book launch, you're giving it out for free. I am. I know. it's Well, I, you and I are doing it. It's a project that you and I are doing together. So mm-hmm. um, I want when people are doing... When, when people are doing this and they're receiving their results, I want them to think, God, I love that. Joey Bushnell is letting me do this. Um, here's how to do it. Um, it's howtheworldseesyou.com forward slash you, Y-O-U. That's howtheworldseesyou.com slash you. And that'll give you kind of backdoor access to do the assessment. And it'll ask you for your private code. And the private code is J Bushnell, J, the letter J. Um, and it's all one word. It's not case sensitive. And um, Joey, can you put this on, can you put this link on the site so they're able to do it? Yes, this will be on the blog and in the show notes of the podcast. Great. And um, and it's going to be available until um, July 25th. And at that time, the code expires. And here's what I want people to know. Think about this. Imagine that, imagine that you have a mirror. And instead of showing you a reflection of yourself, how you see yourself, imagine if this mirror was different. It was a magic mirror and it could show you the best of how other people see you. So when you look in this mirror, what you see is... The ways that people love you, what they value in you, how they, how, why they're attracted to you. These are your most per, uh, attractive professional qualities. Imagine if you can look in this mirror all the time and just see how others see you at your best. And now imagine that you can show this mirror to other people. Who would you want to show it to? Would you want to show it to your coworkers? Would you want to show it to your family, to your clients? Do you have a, a, a teenager that you want them to be able to see the best of themselves? Is there a nonprofit in your community that you would want to show them who they are at their best? Is there an athletic organization, a book club, um, a, a faith-based organization? Who would you want to be able to see at their best? Is there a friend who's unemployed, somebody who's feeling down on themselves, or just a, a, a team that you want to motivate to their very highest level? You can share Joey's code with them until July 25th. July 25th is the expiration date, but until that time, you can post it on Twitter, you can post it on Facebook, you can um, you can email it out to your list, 
and you're giving each person a $37 gift. And I want you to encourage them to pay it forward. Encourage them to share Joey's code and keep going on and on to pay it forward. Our goal is to show a hundred thousand people their highest value over the course of the next month to celebrate the launch of this book. Great. That's very generous, Sally. Thank you for that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the book itself? Does it dive in deep into what we've already spoken about today? Yes. As a matter of fact, I have the book open to page 329 where it, I describe how every advantage works with other advantages. Now, um, I'm, for example, um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at your, you have a primary innovation and here's how, how, and I have a primary passion. Here's how you and I work together. Um, innovation, when it, when an innovation personality works with a passion personality, here's what it says. Um, for you, Joey, you feed off energetic passion types and they share your zest for the creative process. Be careful to remain focused on objectives. So if you and I were working together, we would have great energy because you have primary innovation. I have primary passion, but we'd want to make sure that we have somebody in our midst, a project manager or an accountant, somebody who has primary alert, mystique or trust that can keep us grounded and make sure the process moves forward. Um, the book describes step by step exactly how to use everything that you learn after you've done the assessment so that you can get the exact words like I just described with you to create your anthem. And then how do you use that when you're pitching or um, um, having a difficult conversation with a friend, trying to convince your kids to stay off drugs, any kind of conversation in which you have a vested interest in the outcome and you need to be extremely influential. It's crucial to know how the world sees you at your best so that you can keep focusing on that. Brilliant. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And please remember to go take your fascination advantage assessment by going to howtofascinate.com forward slash you and use the code jbushnell. Sally, thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing this message with us and uh, telling us how we can fascinate people and share our message with the world. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joey. It's an honor to be able to be on the show. I, I appreciate your forward thinking insights. The Online Marketing Show, every day with Joseph Bushnell, helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.